My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is what the Bible says about friendship. I believe that when the Bible talks about laying down one's life, it's not talking about sacrificing our lives for one another the way Christ did. I think it means that for a few precious moments that we should care about someone other than ourselves. In today's episode, we're going to hear from a couple of Pash's friends about what it means to be there for someone who battles mental illness. Today's episode does include several mentions of suicide, so listener discretion is advised. Thank you all for joining us. These are all friends of passion, and they know where the bones are buried. They know all the skeletons in the closet, and so they're going to help us understand this young lady. But more specifically today, we're going to be talking about how to be a friend to someone who struggles with mental challenges. They have been friends of yours for how many years? Ten years for Alex, like 12 for Sharonda. So you had to think about that. When did I really call them friends but no because <laughs> i didn't know at first but, but so you, you, know, you have been friends for quite some time let me ask i'm not gonna say when you met them but the first time when you said um she gets it probably sharonda we had a class together and we talked about a lot of things like colorism sensitive subjects like that and Always felt like she was very articulate and passionate about different topics, and I really liked that, and I felt comfortable with her. Like, we had a lot of the same people. And so that's when I was like, I really want to be her friend, and we started hanging out a little bit more. And then Alex, I met Alex because I was on, like, the student union, and we had a fair to talk to different students about joining. And Alex came up to our table and we just started talking about it. And she was like, yeah, I would love to talk to you more. And we just went from there and made plans to just hang out. And then the three of us were all in the same degree program. We also ended up having classes together. And so it was just done at that point. Okay. (laughs) It was set stuff. What's interesting is I hear you talk about, especially with Sharonda, you kind of notice her sensitivity on other subjects I just felt comfortable with each of them and so that was a big thing with me because I didn't have a whole bunch of friends in college Mm -hmm. it it took me a long time to like make friends and so feeling comfortable talking to them and being around them immediately was a big thing for me okay so for Alex and Sharonda what did you notice about her it was a voice right it was a voice I'll never <laughs> but, actually forget in class you were talking about how when you were little or when you were younger your voice and you would pick up the phone when people call for your dad and you're like he's dead you sounded like a child <laughs> oh, gosh. i know i'd be like it would be like is your mom home i'd be like my mom's not home and my dad is dead <laughs> <laughs> that'll get a telemarketer yeah. moving on <laughs> but, but yes, I would say the same thing that she said about me. I would say that about you as well. Like we had the class together and we had a chance to have a lot of deep conversations. I was like, just like you said, like that girl, she gets it. Yeah. Like she's somebody that I could have real conversation with. And when we met Alex, it just all fit together. Like me and her, me and Passion didn't spend a whole lot of time together for mm-hmm. those two years before we met Alex. And then Alex came into our group, and it just oh, clicked. Oh, the glue. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, so you're the party. No. <laughs> 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 
She is. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of our marketing classes, and Passion was saying something. And I literally said in my mind, I was like, I'm going to make her my friend. And it has happened. So I can't remember exactly what she said or what class we were in. But at that moment, I was like, she's going to be my friend. I'm going to put her in my life. Okay. And I did. So was there a moment that you kind of revealed to them that, hey, I've had this diagnosis or I had this, I have these challenges in my life or did they notice first and then you had to reveal it? How was your coming out as it would in terms of, hey, this is what I struggle with? I feel like, I don't know if you noticed, but I feel like I just would talk to them about it. It wasn't like a big sit down, but I would just say, this is what's going on in my home life. I'm really upset or I'm really sad or I struggle with this. Like I told them about my struggle with cutting myself so I don't think it was a surprise but it was really natural and another reason that I look for comfort in people that I'm gonna spend time with if I feel safe around you or comfortable around you um and so I think that helped a lot with me being able to tell them okay she began to tell you these things and reveal them to you what were your thoughts was there ever a moment of can I handle this I say that because For me, with passion and being her pastor and friend, I think when she told me, I I did this instant review. I went through this review of going, oh, man, did I use the word crazy? Did I say something out of the way? Or was it just, okay, it's something I know about you and I'm going to just do my best. I think that's why me and Alex are really good friends because I think we rely on supporting each other Mm -hmm. in those moments because sometimes it really is hard to be like, how can you be there for somebody when you can't fix their problems and that's all you want to do is fix things. Yeah, That's not your job. And so sometimes it's nice to have a balance. Mm -hmm. I think me and Alex bring two different things to the table when we have conversations and it just, it really does just provide like balance for all three of us, I think at least. And I don't think it was, I don't think, it's not a lot on us because we genuinely want to help and support her. So for us, when she first started having conversations with me, it was never like, oh my goodness, like this is too much. It was just like, oh my, I want to help her. What can I do to make sure that I make her happy or make her feel more comfortable? So that's how it was whenever she and I first started talking about it. I'm just like, oh, I need to help her. I need to love on her more. Like truly, I always want to love on her and make sure that she feels love and she's warm yeah that's how how do you resist not fixing it and it took me a minute because that i go into pastor mode i try to fix things and passion would say things to me and i would be like what can i do and learning that there's nothing for me to do that and correct me if i'm wrong that the listening is the doing has there ever been moments with them or just with people in general where you had to say stop trying to fix it does that ever happen yeah I think not with them, but I definitely have other people in my life that are just like, if you did this or if you did that, then maybe you could. And it's just. That's not how this works. That's yeah. That's not (laughs) how it works. And also, I think it's really just like listening is so important. Like sometimes people just want to be heard. And that's a big thing for me. They can't fix my life. I understand you can't fix my life. I understand Amy can't fix my life. Sissy and Shamari can't come Mm -hmm. in and change everything and fix Mm -hmm. everything. But it makes a big difference for me. Like when I'm in church and I'm having a hard time and Amy can see that and she'll talk to me or just give me that space to like feel 
with someone else. So wow. I think that's really the key in listening is it really gives you a chance to connect with someone else and to like feel things and to have people support you in your emotions and what's coming up because that honestly is the overwhelming thing. Like I can right. I can go to work. I don't have enough money for this. I can figure those things out, but it's just the weight of it is a lot. And so when someone is willing to like listen like they are, like you are and just be like that sucks or to just give me a moment to cry or whatever that means a lot to me you bring up an interesting point and i'll be curious as to your friends insight on this you say if i'm struggling with money i can figure it out or whatever do you think that because sometimes people treat you with kid gloves that you might be fiercely independent. Someone's trying to give you money. You're like, no, I don't need it, but you do need it. Or do you think you got You have a good balance on that. I'm fiercely independent. You're fiercely independent. <laughs> <laughs> you, I could literally be choking, and somebody goes, "Do you need water?" I'd be like, "No, I got it." Got it. I got it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, have y'all seen that with her? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do y'all do? How do y'all handle that to see her? Like, all right, we know you're struggling, and it's no shame. What do you do? You just, you just honor her independence, or have you ever just had to be like, "I'm going to tie you down, and you're going to take this. You're going to, you're going to receive what I'm trying to give you." Yeah, I think sometimes I let her do her thing. And then sometimes like earlier on the way up here, I was like, no, you're going to take this. Yeah, so, it's a balance. We I do both. OK, yeah. OK. I yeah. would say the same. I would say the same. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm like I can't do a lot to help, mm -hmm. but listen. So I'm OK with if you need my help, then you know that you can always ask. But I also have seen you pull through some incredible incredible things yes. yeah. so i have faith that there you you'll pull through on certain things yeah she is she is tough she is she is definitely a, a tough cookie let me ask you two do you have any experiences with maybe people in your family with mental illness or mental challenges was there any reference point as you got to know passion or was this kind of your first experience for me this was my first experience okay i don't I can't think of anybody that I know that can admittedly say I have these problems uh, or display things that you're like, oh, yeah, something's going on. Yeah. So that was definitely a new experience for me. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it took a while to adjust to just trying to figure yeah. out how to be a good friend. Yeah. Same. I hadn't met anybody prior, but recently my little cousin just told me that he's been dealing with depression and he was dealing with cutting recently. Just from being friends with Pash, I feel like I've been able to empower him and talk to him recently and let him know you'll be okay and you'll come through, mm -hmm. got through it. Yeah, she's been the first person that's really close to me that has dealt with depression. Passion, has there ever been a challenge for you in terms of giving them what they need as friends when you're in a space that's not so good yourself? And how do you get through that? It's just really love them so much so I feel like even if I'm having a hard time because it's them I'm gonna do whatever I could be crying on my bathroom floor if she's in Florida and I need to get to Florida I'm getting up so just the love I have for them has really helped me deal with whatever I'm dealing with when they need me that has been a big thing for me and I think it's not really hard for me to be there physically Sometimes it is hard for me to be present. Like sometimes I'm just thinking about 
other things or I just get Mm -hmm. lost in kind of my own pity party sometimes. And so that is hard. And I feel like that happens sometimes when we're together. There's always some moment, at least for me, when I get really sad and withdraw a little Mm -hmm. bit. It's not because of them. It's not because I'm not having a good time. But sometimes just... Being with them is such a relief for me. It has literally saved my life so many times. Just being with them has given me something to look forward to in the worst parts of my life. And so I have so much fun with them. But then I think when it's time for us to leave, like the reality sets in and I don't have that next time to see them to look forward to. And I have to go back home and deal with everything else. And it's just that adjustment from such a high of being like supported and loved and to feel comfortable being myself and just to do things I don't do, like socialize or buy shoes from Target. Like I don't do that. So it's a special occasion when I see them. And so that high and then Mm. it's like a hard low. It is a very hard low for me when I have to leave them. How do you react to that hearing that? You saved her life. I'm about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely pushed back tears already. Like, oh, I cried too, but yeah. it's okay. Oh, I don't want to ugly cry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is audio. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. Are you guys conscious of that? Of how much you mean to her? I always feel guilty when we. Because I know that's something that we've talked about before. So I always feel guilty at the end of our trips, whatever we're doing, we spend time together. I hate that we don't live in the same Mm -hmm. city. That's just something that I usually go home with, too. It's like some guilt from just knowing that it's not the reality. Pash mentioned um, that sometimes she withdraws. And so I'll tell you, you guys have known her longer than I have. But for me, when she withdraws... I get scared. Do you ever get scared? Do you ever think that she's going to leave you? You know what I mean? Like she's going to hurt herself. And what do you do when you encounter those moments? It's okay. You take, we gotta take your time. Take a breath. But just, yeah. It scares me so much sometimes. And I worry about her, so I always try to make sure just everything that happened recently with her mom. I was so scared for my friend Mm -hmm. because I love her so much, and I think she's so special. (laughs) I think she truly is a gift from God to this earth. Yeah. And I do worry about her. I try to text her as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I remember me and Sharonda were like, like, we might have to put it in our calendar. Yes. Mm. Just Set to make sure that she's okay. But I definitely worry about passion. Yes, she is strong, but I know she's hurting. And I know, like, someday she is not okay. Yeah. But she, I do worry about her. Yeah. So hearing that, and... I know I've told you, and I'm sure some people in this room, and for the record, when Passion was referencing Sissy and Shamari and Amy, that's our co-producers here. I don't want y'all to think that <laughs> this uh, is not, she, she's, oh it's yeah, not just random. Oh, yeah, real people. Really, <laughs> you're very self-aware, so I know you're aware that people worry about you. And I would think, even to some degree, it's aggravating. Like, I'm not about to check out. 
But hearing that, how do you feel? It's a lot. And it's something that I, it's not aggravating, but it's something that I struggle with a lot because of everything I went through with my mom, like my mom being depressed. And so, you know, both ends. And so it, I know how scary it is when people say things like that. And I don't want them to feel that. Yeah. So that's my, that's what I hate is. You don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want anyone to hurt because I'm hurt. I don't want them to have that. I don't want any of you guys to have that burden to think like this might be the day or, and because sometimes I don't, the real honest truth is I don't know. I really don't know. As all I can tell, all I can say is I definitely am doing my best, but I will be honest and say I'm struggling a lot more with my suicidal thoughts than I have ever had before. And so that's the part that scares me because I don't want anyone to have that burden, but I, it is something that I think about a lot. And sometimes I just am in so much pain and I'm hurting a lot and I don't understand a lot of the things that are going on in my life and I don't know when they'll get better and I don't know if they'll get better and I don't know if I have the whatever I need to get through it or if I even want to and that's a big thing because I don't have my mom here anymore so I can't pro you know I can't make that promise I'm just still at a point in my life where sometimes death seems like the best option for me thank you for being vulnerable and courageous enough to say that because you say that and then people want to put you in bubble wrap and not actually let you be a person I think for me one of the things I've resolved as your pastor is that should that happen, which just hurts to think about, but should that happen, I think I've grown to know you enough that you didn't do it because I didn't love you enough. Yeah, like I don't ever want anybody to ever think it's your fault. I don't want anyone to ever think like, it was like you could have done, anybody could have done anything. It's hard for me to talk about that too, but because I have to, because those thoughts are such a big part of my life, I have to talk about them with people. Because if I don't, they just get bigger and bigger and harder and scarier, and it just, it's a lot. And so in talking about that, you have to address like what that, the outcome of something like that. And in doing that, I don't want anyone to ever feel like it yeah. was their fault. Yeah. And if that did happen, I w- would want people to know it's not your fault and that I've really tried my best. It's very important to say that. I think some people think even me saying that would be like, oh, you're giving her an excuse, which is not mine to give. I had a friend when I was in high school and I remember seeing him at a party and he says to me, take care of my daughter. And he said, take care of my little sister who was also at the high school. We're just outside of the party. I'm thinking, oh yeah, Dave, it's yeah, whatever, man. And I found out later that night that he shot his, his baby's mother. He thought he killed her and after which he committed suicide right there in the middle of the street. And I always thought it was my fault. I thought that if I was somehow more in tune, I could have said something that to make him not do that because he was so encouraging and supportive of me. He was always encouraging me. He never left me behind. And I thought he was always there for me and I wasn't there for him. And what I feel him in my spirit 
saying what passion is saying now is not your fault. If it were to happen, it's not something you did. There isn't a magic thing that we can say. I think that is a common misconception in dealing with people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts is that they want to die, and that's not it. You just feel like with everything up against you, like that's the only way you'll find relief. You want the pain to end. Yeah, you can't take anymore. And so I think that is really something that needs to be said. I don't want to die, but there are just so many hard things that I've been through and I am currently dealing with that have made life very painful. And to have to wake up every day and continue to deal with it, to continue to deal with everything else that comes my way, to deal with the reality of not knowing if something else is going to happen and to deal with the truth that other things are, that other things certainly will happen. Like I just lost my mom. I lost my dad when I was 17 and I only have my sister. Like one day I'm not going to have my sister. Just Mm -hmm. so the combination of all of that and still being expected to go to work, to still be for your survival, like to just having to do all of that and then deal with these just invasive thoughts of when you're driving. If what if I just veer off right here? If you think about certain pills, yeah. those are things that I don't wish in my mind, but just pop up. And so it's really like, how do I deal with that? And that is a hard thing to do right. because no one, there's not a, a pill or anything that just takes those away from me, and I can talk to my friends I can talk to you I can talk to my counselor but at the end of the day like I Mm. still have to deal with those things I still have to address those thoughts and figure out what I'm gonna do and that's why being around them and you guys is so important to me because it gives me something to look forward to it gives me something to want to stay around for and so that's why I'm always so grateful for the people in my life. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you've ever loved someone like that, but it, when you mm-hmm. lose them, it's really hard. Yeah. And so even in dealing with that grief, I thank God so much because it's like people like you guys that make me realize I can still have like positive interactions with people, like that there still might be something to look forward to, that there's still... Even when I want to be mad and I want to say it's not fair, I don't have any parents. It's not fair that I haven't met my husband yet. It's not fair that I'm struggling financially and doing all these things. I have to work twice as All these things I want to tell myself it's unfair of. I just can't even be mad because it was so much love Mm -hmm. from other people that I don't really feel deserving of. But I'm so grateful for it because it really has saved my life and I feel awful for the people that don't have that because not everybody has that yeah that's what the church is supposed to be it's supposed to be a place to listen and not even so much a place that fixes things it's a place where you can come be as you are a lot of people get upset with me when i say this but god loves you even if you never change so that's what the church has to be that's what you guys have been so let me say thank you for loving what i love what all of us here love we owe you a, a, such a debt of gratitude my question for you too is because i always learn something in passions presence what have you learned from her what has she taught you and it may not even be mental illness but what has 
this woman being a part of your life meant and what has it taught you? Definitely be kind and have patience and just trying to be open-minded and being thoughtful for other people, thinking about other people more. So that's what she has taught me. I would say definitely thinking more of others and wanting to be more present and taking care of others and being patient in that too. So I would, yeah, definitely. We're going to close this out, but I want to ask, um, she just had a birthday, so happy birthday, Pash. You've been such a blessing, and so I want to ask you to, what is your blessing for her life here as we celebrate her birthday? What What would you like to see for her? Peace in her heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just some settledness there first before anything else. I think if it starts there, then it'll translate in other places. Healing. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Can you receive that? But thank you for blessing us all. I always say that at the at the end of my life, I just hope people say my life was made better for having known him. And I can truly say that about you. You have made my life exponentially better. You've made me a better pastor and a person with greater understanding. And any any good sermons that come out of this place are in part because of you, because you're one of the most impactful, just beautiful filters that that helps me be kind in the delivery of God's word. So I say thank you. The Bible shows us several great friendships. Paul and Timothy, David and Jonathan, Ruth and Naomi. Friendship is necessary. So that's the focus of my prayer for this episode. Most awesome and gracious God, we thank you that in your unsurpassed wisdom, you gave us the gift of friendship. That we, as mere human beings, have the capacity to encourage one another in a way that allows us to become our best selves there's someone under the sound of my voice who feels friendless, I ask two things. First, that they in this moment of prayer feel your loving arms hold them as they realize that they have the greatest friendship in Christ. And secondly, that you will allow someone to enter their lives with the willingness to listen and exemplify the unconditional love they deserve. Yes, this in all things, in your son Jesus' name, amen. If you have enjoyed this podcast or have feedback, please go to wherever you stream your podcast, review us, and leave your questions or comments within the review. We have put forth our best effort, but we promise if you keep listening, we will try to do an even better job next time. The No Worries Podcast is a production of Awakened Media. This episode was produced by Shamari Showtime Sackhill, Sissy Sackhill, Amy Austin, Passion Bankhead, and Jermaine Nichols. Audio engineering by Shamari Showtime Sackhill and Jermaine Nichols. Again, thank you for making us a part of your day. Until next time, be encouraged and remember, no worries.